You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Hey, maybe, uh, maybe the oh, I almost blew it there. Maybe the riders would, you know, come calling. For <laughs> that almost cost me a beer. It was very close, <laughs> very close. Grab some poutine and a double double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do. Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable. Ready, set, hook. And we are part of... I blew the opening, and we're a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATV. No Brazilian tie this week, but I am joined by Andrew, fellow uh, uh, Canadian Football Podcast Network member. Andrew, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to to and out uh, this week. It's been a while. Yeah, actually, it has been a little while since we've been able to do this. But, uh, hey, I'm always happy when you ask me back and think, you know, I'm, I'm worthy enough to take the place of one Brazilian tie. I'm, I'm okay with that. There, w- <laughs> there was a time when you were almost the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was, it was pretty close. I was doing it every second week, I think, for a while there. But, uh, no, that's okay. I, I'm, it's glad to be back. I, I like talking some uh, football and some nonsense. So, hey, I'm, I'm in the right spot. I feel like now that you're back, uh, we got to some, set some ground rules for this week. And for every rule you break, you have to buy me a beer at Grey Cup. So, okay. <laughs> so here are no. your rules. You, you cannot refer to the riders as the wrong shade of green. Oh, and you okay. can only speak of Chris Jones in a positive way. I'm going to be broke if they cut. There's just nothing I can do. In the huddle with Karan Tai on the Two and Out podcast. came out on Wednesday, the Canadian Football League now has a new provider for apparel. Now, Adidas has been the provider for the past few seasons. And correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, it's been Puma and then Reebok and then Adidas and now New Era. Is that how it has gone, Andrew? I believe that is the chain. Yeah. I mean, you can, uh, I mean, I'm the wrong person from my podcast to ask that question. <laughs> yeah, that's a super, super fan, fan would know it all. But uh, I believe that is the chain. Yes. And uh, what's interesting is that uh, I did hear along with that is that they aren't changing the designs for next year, that New Era is still going to be using the Adidas design, but um, they're going to be looking at likely a, a remodel of everything for 2020. Oh, so they keep it for one season and then remodel uh, everything the year after. They are uh, they must be new to the Jersey game. We've seen uh, uh, new era hats for years. Um, yes. it's nothing new, but to get a new uniform and to get uh, you know jerseys and things like that. That's new for them. I'm kind of excited on one hand, but on the other hand, I feel like there's been a little bit. Too much redesigns lately. And yeah, and if it does come in 2020, that's only four or five years since the last one. It's it's getting to be a little much, I think. I, I think we're at the point where we've got some great franchises with great history. Edmonton, Saskatchewan, 
Toronto, teams like that, Winnipeg too, that have been around for so long. Why why do we have to mess with the the, the the design so much. I think the Edmonton helmet is probably the most sacred helmet in the league. <laughs> and that's really hard probably. to admit, but I don't know if we have to mess with these. Well, Ed, I kind of go back and forth. Um, yeah. I, I am kind of surprised with you as a Ryder fan that you're upset about a new jersey because don't you guys get one every year? I mean, yeah, isn't that I basically how buy one anyway. <laughs> See, so, so I mean, if it's new, it makes it even that more exciting, doesn't it? Um, I, I don't know. And I, I look back as when they brought out those signature jerseys and, yeah. and how kind of popular that was i mean i have two of them myself so um I have, i'm always all about like let's bring in if you've got new ideas then i'm i'm totally around that as long as they're not too close together like this you know this is a five-year span that's not too bad uh a little longer be okay but five years isn't too bad where i where i really want to see what happens is when they're doing the stuff like t-shirts and yeah. hoodies and things like that because or sorry am i supposed to call it bunny hugs on this one or whatever <laughs> um whatever they come out with that because I, I don't always get a jersey every year but i'm likely to get a t-shirt or a, or a hoodie or a sweatshirt or something like that and i'm excited to see kind of what they might do with that um and if i, I, well, I also of course we're always worried about well what is it going to look like and what's the pricing going to be like? And you're just not sure because it's a, it's a smaller company that hasn't done as much as far as jerseys and things are concerned. So it'll be an interesting transition next year. And Adidas was pretty pricey, but I really liked their, especially their hoodies. I got a Grey Cup 105 one, uh, two Rider ones, but that's like $300 worth of clothes there. And as a cheap guy, <laughs> give me a break. <laughs> well, the other part I found with the Adidas stuff was that it fit really small. Oh, like yeah. I, Especially like found, the shirts, man. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, it was great. I mean, I... I I lost weight, so it was okay. I found ways to fit into stuff, but it's yeah. like, oh my goodness, like I couldn't, you know, you're you're having to get an extra size up just to get it to fit properly. So, uh, so it'd be interesting to see if that changes with New Era, or we're still getting that same type of thing. And and those kind of things, I kind of look forward, and I don't want to make too much too many judgments until I can actually see the stuff that they're putting out. This is your jam, of course, being uh, the host of the Eskimo Empire podcast, the Esks uh, and the Argos, both on by this week. But the Eskimos uh, make a trade here for Martise Jackson and a conditional sixth-round pick in the 2020 CFL draft from the Argos in exchange for the Eskimos' third-round pick in 2019. The Eskimo return game has struggled uh, for years. It's nothing really new in Edmonton. (laughs) Um, But this has got to be some good news for you as long as they can block for Jackson. And that was going to be my point right off the start is we are now going, it's now going to be proven. Is it the blocking or is it the returner? (laughs) Because now we know we've got a great returner. Um, He's shown that he can break one. He's got uh, out, we're out of this world speed, which is nice to see. Uh, And a guy that has been around long enough that he doesn't hesitate a lot when he's taking off on the runs, he finds his hole and away he goes. Uh, And I think over the years here, we've had a lot of guys that are doing the the kick returning where there's, and I say this all the time, too much dancing, not enough running. And they kind of get to that 10 yards and kind of got to look and decide and 
just keep deciding. And by the time they decide where they're going to go, they get hit. So um, we'll see now, is it is it that or is it that the blocking scheme is just not as good as we expect it to be. So this is a really good challenge. I think it's a great trade uh, for actually for both teams. I know Toronto looking for some Canadian depth. The the Eskimos have a fair amount of Canadian depth right now. Uh, So giving away the third round pick isn't the end of the world. Um, but we're also, you know, getting a returner that could make a huge difference. And the, and if I think that the conditional is, is if he re-signs, then we don't get that other pick. But if he doesn't re-sign here, then we're going to get a pick back. So I, I think that works out okay. Join 2&L for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em and show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.ca. Friday night, the Montreal Alouettes home to the BC Lions. Now, a few weeks ago, this game was probably not exciting for anybody, but there's some desperate teams here. The Lions are four and six. They're last in the West, three and a half point favorites, but they are only two points behind the Bombers, and they have two games in hand. Montreal's won two in a row. They're coming off the bye. They're third in the East. So I, I don't really know which way this game's going to go. BC has not won two games in a row this season. Of course, they beat Ottawa last week, and they have no wins on the road. Montreal, yeah, winning two yeah. in a row. So <laughs> this game should be seeing a couple uh, desperate teams on Friday night, Andrew. Oh, absolutely. And if you think about it, two, well, let's say a month and a half ago, let's say six weeks ago, would we have been saying anything but, well, BC's winning this game? Like, Probably we, not, no. Exactly, right? So uh, it's kind of neat. I, I love how the season, the ebbs and flows of the season and how things go. And this one is one of the toughest ones to call as mm-hmm. far as trying to pick a team because you you look at the success of Antonio Pipkin and how much he's been able to change the look of that offense. And and that was the biggest thing I think with Montreal was they really had an offense that couldn't stay on the field. Their defense, although and lately has been a touch questionable has, but they have been amazing beforehand and it was just the offense that couldn't get going. So now we're looking and saying, well, now the offense is starting to roll. So are they getting better overall? Do they just, are they just getting to the mean and then you look at BC, who that defensive line absolutely dominated against Ottawa. Are they going to be able to reproduce that, you know, three hours earlier in Montreal? Early in the week, I was sure I was going to pick Montreal to win. Now now I don't know what's going to happen. So on the BC side of the ball, Solomon Elamimian, uh, he had his wrist checked on Tuesday, and it looks like he's probably going to miss another four to five weeks. So if the Lions want him in the lineup, they're going to have to probably squeeze into the playoffs. Travis Lule took that hit uh, last week against Ottawa, but he was back practicing with the first teamers. Looks like he's going to be good to go. They're going to have wow. Chris Rainey back into the lineup. And they actually released Kevin Elliott because Devere Posey's going to get into the lineup. With the loss of Darrell Walker, do you see Kevin Elliott maybe reuniting with Vidal Hazelton in Edmonton? Uh, I don't see it right now. And the reason that I say that is because Martise Jackson, although he's the kick returner, is also a receiver. Yeah, he can so, catch. Yep. So I think that I think they brought him in kind of as a as a double guy who can work that 
you know, we, we have Bryant Mitchell taking Darrell Walker's spot. Uh, so now Martise Jackson is the guy that can be the backup if something happens to another one of our receivers. So I, I actually think that that's probably taken care of. I don't see Kevin Elliott landing here, but I do want to say, as you just said it, though, I mean, BC landing to Vera Posey, that's huge for them. Um, and I think he'll be great in that offense. I also want to say I am shocked that Lule is able to go after yeah. that hit uh, and good on the league, I guess, getting the, the one game suspension for, is it, is it love, Is that how you say it? Yeah, name? I believe that's what yeah. it is. Yep. Yeah. So um, good on them to, to do that. I mean, they did admit after the fact that they kind of blew the call and no kidding. And, <laughs> uh, and it, uh, but you know, the, the suspension was there and, and I think deserved because I, I was surprised Lule was standing after that one. So the Lions at center this week, Cody Husband broke his leg last week. They're going to have a rookie starting. Third overall wow. pick, Peter Godber, is going to make the start at center. So I, I feel like there's not a big wide range of outcomes here. He could either just nail it and have a great game or <laughs> kind of struggle a little bit for the Lions. But the, the Lions also tried to make a trade with Ottawa. They traded Max Ford, a Canadian uh, D lineman. They tried mm-hmm. to get a nagless player and a sixth-round pick, but Ottawa did the medical, and Ford failed it. So <laughs> Wally, actually, it was really interesting. In an interview, he said uh, he's got a shoulder injury. It's nothing that's going to stop him from playing. So I guess Ottawa has different standards than us, which to me is really interesting comments that wow. BC basically says he's good to go, but Ottawa doesn't. Man. That, you know what the weird thing with that? Like, you'd think it would be the same on every team. I know. <laughs> like, I'm just like, what? Really? <laughs> um, either that or I guess BC's like, well, whatever. You're good enough. Yeah, can, that's you know, probably like, what it is. That I I have a feeling that might be more of the case. And, and Ottawa is more like, well, no, I'd, I'd rather not risk it. So they probably tried to pull a fast one on Ottawa a little bit. <laughs> maybe, maybe possibly. Um, I don't want to accuse, you know, Ed of doing anything, but maybe. <laughs> uh, as for Montreal, no Johnny Manziel at practice this week due to flu-like symptoms. Sure. And, man, it seems like there's been a different excuse for Johnny just about every week for missing practice. And I, I'm sure he gets more coverage than your average player for missing practice. And there's probably what? no. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it sounds crazy, doesn't it? <laughs> there's probably players that miss practice every week and nobody talks about it. But the fact that Johnny misses it, it becomes a big conversation. But it's starting to look like to me after this season, I think Manziel's going to say he's had enough and, He's probably going to try that uh, new spring league in the States or just pack her in. Well, he might. Now, he does, I believe, have a two-year contract either way, right? He does, so, yes. So I would think that at some point he's he, he has to decide, is he going to stay? And, and, and But he's got to honor the contract, I would, I would at least hope. But um, it's just funny because he keeps going into these places and then the next guy up just is... <laughs> I know. All of a sudden, on fire, <laughs> and uh, you know. So, hey, maybe, uh, maybe the oh, I almost blew it there. Maybe the riders would, you know, come <laughs> calling for man. That almost cost me a beer. It was very close. <laughs> it was very close. Maybe the uh, the riders will 
come calling because, you know, Coloros has just been lights out, right? Oh, there was a lot of people wondering if that was going to happen, but Coloros was at practice and apparently good to go. Um, but it, yes, but it, good it, to Manziel, go means... What? <laughs> good to go means he can get six fantasy points. Yeah, Attaboy. that's true. <laughs> Actually, yeah. You know what? Don't make that trade. Keep Coloros in, please. <laughs> For Manziel, that would mean... His fourth playbook in about what six months? Because he because he had the ten game the, whatever that spring league was in the spring. Yeah. Hamilton, Montreal, and then if he got traded, this the guy would be he would be sitting on the bench the rest of the year. But uh, listening to Dave Naylor, he doesn't have a cheap contract. It looks no. like the base salary is two hundred ninety five thousand dollars a year, and for every start. He gets another seven k, so oh. he he's making starter money, like veteran starter money. If yeah. he ends up being the starting quarterback for the Alouettes, so maybe the Owls end up cutting ties after the season if Pipkin keeps playing like he is. And that might be the case too, because Pipkin is definitely cheaper, right? Yeah. So I think at this particular moment, though, they w- you'd think if Montreal has looked at their history over the last little bit that they are they would keep him on the roster for at least the end of the season so that they have a backup (laughs) because don't you know i don't wish anything bad on pipkin but man if something hurts you know if he gets hurt and then they go back to what drew willie they got a lot of options i guess but you just think that you know you think they would have learned okay well we better make sure we got somebody healthy in behind him the alouettes uh, also bring back tj graham who had a case of the dropsies at receiver but he's a big body you got to think if he could be able to close his hand on the ball he would uh, be a good asset to that team now andrew i know you've been playing fantasy this year you're probably you're only what nine points behind me so you're having a good year um are you gonna have any of these players on your team from either team (laughs) this is this is funny um this week i believe i am taking antonio pipkin as my quarterback because i believe that montreal's offensive line is greater than Ottawa's offensive line and Pipkin makes them better with his mobility. Yeah. I I really think that there's still a chance that he could be shooting downfield on this BC secondary that has its up and down weeks. And I, I I think there's a really good chance that Pipkin could put up some numbers this week. At least I would look at him and, and likely I'm going to end up starting him because two reasons. One, Brazilian Ty will be proud because he's cheaper. And <laughs> second, because I, I do think that he'll be able to move the ball again because now he's had another bye week to work out even more stuff. So uh, I've really been impressed with this kid and I'm I'm going to throw that out there. He costs right around $6,700, so yeah, that's real nice and a real mm-hmm. asset to your lineup. And yeah, I, I feel like if Lemon and Willis can't get to him, then the Lions' defense is in uh, they're in trouble a little bit because that's why they had success against Ottawa, because they were able to uh, get to Trevor Harris. As far as players in this game, I like Ryder Stone, the running back for Montreal, if he's able to start again because the oh, yes. Lions at times have struggled against the run. And any time you can get a starting running back at $2,500, you, you kind of have to do it. And Absolutely. I, I got him in my lineup. <laughs> nice. And I like I like the idea of Chris Rainey as well. I, I don't blame 
people if they don't want to start him, but he's sixty four hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of the factor where did the Lions piss him off by sitting him? Because if they did, he could come out here and have a real big game. That is definitely a possibility. And, and now the question is, and I think you guys talked about this on Monday, but you know the when the live mic game and hey, Mister Rainey, it's nice of you to show up, and yeah. that's a touch awkward. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> So uh, so it'll be interesting to see if that actually has a positive effect or what kind of effect that has on Chris Rainey. But yeah, definitely a possibility. Uh, again, for the price, you might want to dance around that one a little bit um, yeah. just because it depends on what else you're going to fit into your lineup. Who are you picking to win? Oh, I picked the Montreal Alouettes to win this game, which I am blown away that I'm even saying those words. But I, <laughs> I do believe that they find a way to pull this one out. I want to pick them as well, and I'm look at that. I'm so nervous about it though because uh, I see Lule is he's playing, Rainey's back, Posey's in the lineup. I can't see him having a big a big impact because he's only been with the team for about a week. But exactly uh, that all of those factors make me nervous. But for right now, I'm gonna mark down the Montreal Alouettes. And this one might be a zero confidence one, but I'm going with Montreal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that noise you hear is hell freezing over, friends. Oh, look, there's a pig out the window flying. <laughs> it's unreal. <laughs> All right, let's go to the hammer. The Calgary Stampeders, 9-2, first in the west. Hamilton, 6-5, second in the east. Uh, the Stampeders uh, have Don Jackson back at practice, and the, uh, he actually looks to return this week against Hamilton. And the Stamps also signed Canadian linebacker Corey Greenwood, who I was excited about when he signed in Edmonton last season. And then yeah, uh, for sure. uh, the training camp injury came and took him out of there. Now, Greenwood had some good good games, good years with uh, the Toronto Argonauts, but the issue has just been staying on the field uh, depth here behind uh, Alex Singleton, but a sneaky good signing for the Stamps if Greenwood can stay healthy. Absolutely, yeah. No, and I, I was actually really looking forward to him playing with Edmonton, and of course he's going to wear 27 too, which is my favorite number. I was all excited. I'm going to, oh, okay, this is going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. So we never really got to see him here, but he had a lot of great years, or not a lot. He had a few good years there in Toronto, like you said, uh, but he just can't seem to stay away from the injury bug. And and like you said, great signing, though, as a backup that can, you know, sneak in there if need be and uh, he, he has a great power running like he's really good power against the run so i i do think that that's a great signing for them big news in hamilton they need a new uh, pigskin pete yeah isn't that weird i didn't expect that to come out but i, I think the guy that's been doing it I, I think his name's dan black uh he uh i guess some family stuff he wants to dedicate uh, him his time and himself to his family which is understandable but i mean what's the process there how do you get hired <laughs> yeah <laughs> you looking for a job travis hey i i would put on the hamilton jersey if i got paid for it i'm a sellout i'll cheer for anybody for the right amount of money <laughs> 
nice. No, I just everything in me wants to see you whipping that hat around. Oh, skay way way with that giant beard. I'd have oh, a my blast goodness. doing that. Yes, yes, you really would. And and the the laughing. I don't know if anybody caught the Monday show where you were talking about the butter and salt and you lost it and couldn't actually hold it together. I was out for my walk listening to that and I could not, I was laughing as listening. Just your laugh is so, you know, contagious. So I think you'd be a great pigskin, Pete. It'd be fun. (laughs) Every time I'm home now, I look at the butter on the counter and I'm like, should I do it? (laughs) Please don't. I haven't done it. Yet? Okay. Good call. But uh, (laughs) my question, I got to ask Ty this. Did he put salt on salted butter? Because isn't that kind of like, holy crap, man. Well, it's Brazilian Thai. Would you expect anything else? No. Okay, good. There you go. Uh, The Tiger Cats (laughs) end up signing Chad Owens, the CFL MOP in 2012, the year that uh, the Argos won the Grey Cup, the 100th Grey Cup. And then he has his first practice on Tuesday, and gets hurt. Yeah. Ro- rolls his Oops. ankle. I guess he's going to be good to go. Um, but there's another guy, but Chad Owens, there were a few years in Toronto where that entire team relied on him, and I think it just wore him down to get to this point. Uh, yeah, I would agree with you. I think that he's taken a, quite a beating between doing all of the kick returns yeah. and the receiving. Um, especially like you said in Toronto and then he did a bit of it in Hamilton but more a receiver there and then of course in Saskatchewan got hurt again and, and it's unfortunate because he's a great player and like to see some of the uh, acrobatic stuff that he does to yeah. catch balls so um, you'd like to see more of it but yeah you got to think that all those years in Toronto doing both definitely would take a toll. Brandon Banks has been resting his injured groin uh, this week at practice and then He's actually got some other stuff to worry about as well with Hurricane Florence. He was trying to find his way, find a way to fly his family from North Carolina to Hamilton. And then, of course, the airlines jacked the prices mm-hmm. on poor uh, Brandon Banks. So it, it, it's a sobering reminder, actually, of what some of the uh, American-born players have to go through when they come uh, play in Canada far, far away from their families. Well, and the thing is, is that you're away from your family already yeah. and you hear that this is coming and then you kind of feel a little bit helpless that you can't do a lot about it. Like I, I feel for the guy for that specific reason. And I know we talked to the, some of the guys here and it's like, you know, you've got, you know, you got kids at home and stuff and it must be difficult. And they're like, yeah, well, I hate being away from them, but this is, this is my dream and this is how I, I make money to support that family so it's uh it's got to be tough on them and uh not to mention as you said off the top he's nursing an injured groin and none of us can say that without cringing no no there's nothing yeah. good about that man. no poor he's, he's not having a good week so Although, uh, uh, living a uh, winter in canada i've had plenty of injured groins <laughs> holy yeah. man we got snow this week what is it in edmonton was it snowing on wednesday uh, it was. It wasn't sticking, but it was snowing. And uh, yeah, you, you can imagine uh, the fear in my eyes looking at oh, the snow yeah. outside at this particular moment. I'm like, I was supposed to get a good month of good walking still. But yeah, I think I'll find an indoor track. Yeah, go to the mall yeah. or something and then end it oh. with some mall Chinese food. 
and then have all the old people pass me. It's wonderful. It's fantastic. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, do you like any players as far as fantasy goes in this one? Because I really like some Stampeders here. I've got Bo Levi as my quarterback. I've got Don Jackson as my running back. And I've got Reggie Bagleton as well, who came in because of the absence of Kamar Jordan last week against Edmonton. He had seven mm-hmm. catches for 153 yards, 22 fantasy points. He costs you $3,500. Now i got to do some more research here. I'm just assuming that Delvin Bro is going to be covering DeVaris Daniels, leaving yep. more room for Reggie Bagleton to have another big game. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. Bagleton is in my lineup right now, and uh, that would have been the guy that I kind of pegged after watching last week. There might even be a little bit of a case to look at uh, Breskison just because, yeah. again, running on that inside route. But uh, the other thing I wouldn't take, I mean, if you can fit him in, I don't think that there's something, uh, there, there may not be a problem with taking Luke Tasker again this week because he is that outlet guy for Mazzoli. And you got to know that the, with the Stampeders coming with that front four, that they're going to be getting the, the quick balls out. And that's where it, the Tasker just thrives. He gets all those uh, PPR points for you by catching, you know, he may not catch giant yards, but he, he might be targeted 10, 11 times in this game. So there's definitely a, a possibility to throw him in there. I like Tasker as well. I, I just worry still about the Stampeder defense. They got off to a a record pace at the beginning of the season, and I guess Absolutely. we kind of knew that they were not going to keep that up. Yeah, but no. In the last four games, they've given up an average of 33.5 points, and that that includes special teams touchdowns. That includes of course. defensive touchdowns, too. Things have changed a little bit, but I, I like Tasker there because he doesn't – you're right. Run uh, the same routes as Banks does, where Banks right. would do, you know, the the forty, the big, the big, big plays. And, Absolutely. And also, Banks is now over ten thousand dollars. Yeah, th- which is ridiculous. Like for a receiver, I like I, the only guy that I put every now and again that I put that much money into is Mike Riley. <laughs> and, How many times have you had him in your lineup this year? Four. Four, I think it okay. is. Yeah, I found a way. But see, at the beginning of the season, you can get him in a lot easier you because can, you yeah. see a whole bunch of $2,500 running backs. And yeah. so it's way easier. We're at the point now where it's really difficult. If if Romar Morris was actually starting again this week and with Ryder Stone, I and, and if this was an Eskimo play week, I would totally look at, okay, maybe I could squeak Riley in. But, but other than that, I... Andrew Harris over ten grand and um, Brandon Banks over ten grand. It's like uh, I don't think I can find a way to make that jive. Yeah, you're you're, you're having to dig a little bit deeper, and, but this is the way it goes. They can't That's works. right. That's what it's supposed a, to be. <laughs> I remember when Don Jackson was like three thousand to start the season. It was great. Yeah, and now he's what six? Yeah, he's sixty five hundred dollars. Yep, yep. That's uh, it's getting up there. Got to find a way around it. So the Stamps, I guess they're one-point favorites in this one. Oh, now see, that does not surprise me at all. No. Because I knew it would be... This, this Both of these first two games were a, like really tough to to hammer down. Like I didn't know 
how I was going to go, I was going to kind of go back and forth on this one. I'm sorry. Are you ready for picks or is yes, it? Sir. Yes, point? sir. Yes, okay. sir. Well then mine is I'm, I'm picking the tiger cats. I, I have a feeling at home, the way that they've played the last couple of games, they're coming in with a lot of different confidence. Um, and I, I, I think they're find a way to pull this off at home. I know Calgary's coming in pissed off after the, the game on Saturday, but I, I, I think Hamilton's got something going here. Well, last season, of course, the Stampeders smashed Hamilton and McMahon Stadium 60-1. to And then the next visit to Hamilton, they, they only beat them on that last, uh, last second field goal. I think it was 28-25. So yes. uh, the Tiger Cats have what it takes to beat them. I'm hesitant yep. to pick them, though, man. I... <laughs> You're suffering from Stampeder syndrome. That's what you I have am. right now, where it's just, I can't pick against them because their record is so good in the regular season. Well, I can you imagine that. the Stampeders losing three of their past five games? Would I have a problem with that? No, Not you wouldn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I I have to mark myself down for the Stampeders in this one. I, all right. I, all right. I, I'll I'm let it go. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we preview the last game of the week, i uh, got to say thank you to ATB Financial. Uh, check out atbprosper.com. So if you're looking to save for anything, a house, uh, your kid's education, your own education, a rainy, snowy day, well, atbprosper.com. Just set your contributions. Next thing you know, you got a 1000 bucks in there, and you're good to go. So atbprosper.com to start saving for whatever you want to save for. The last game of the week is in Regina. The Riders are five-point favorites over the Ottawa Red Blacks. Both teams kind of headed in. Opposite directions right now. The Riders have touch. won four in a row. They're all divisional matchups. They're seven and four, second in the West. So a Hamilton win would be nice for the Riders. Uh, Wouldn't it? The Red Blacks and the Eskimos are uh, six and five, sitting at first in the East. So the Riders, man, with four, basically four emotional wins in a row. Mm-hmm. They can't overlook Ottawa, who has to be desperate because Hamilton is right on their heels. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think uh, Ottawa is going to be coming in very desperate in this game to try and put together. Uh, at the beginning of the season, it was like they'd have one up week and one down week, and then the next week they'd be back up, and it, it kind of went back and forth. Now they've had two down weeks in a row where they haven't really been able to get a whole lot going with the offense. you got to figure that they're going to try and prove a point in this one. I think they've got the coaching to... Uh make things happen against Regina. And uh, you'll remember in July when the Riders went to Ottawa, I think it was right after Charleston Hughes had three sacks and uh, the defensive line was riding high. The Red Blacks had some injuries and they had some young offensive linemen and mm-hmm. they shut down the Rider defensive line. Now that was in Ottawa. <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't know if they'll be able to do that again in Regina, but the way that that offensive line has been struggling against teams like BC, against Montreal, I, I don't know how they're going to put it together this week against the Ryder D line. Yeah, that would be my concern as well. Is the offensive line the last couple of games? And remember when they went when Saskatchewan went out there, 
they did have young guys, but there wasn't a whole lot of film on that particular offensive line. Right. And there yeah. is now, right? Yeah. So you could see where they're trying to find ways to, to get around it. And, and the rider defense, uh, this just pains me to say it, but, um, it's, um, <laughs> you know, it's gotten better and better. Uh, I found every week they found new ways to, to bring pressure and, and they're, you know, they're pushing three guys and getting to the quarterback consistently. So, uh, I, I got to worry about what's going to happen to, uh, the Ottawa quarterbacks in this one. Cause it's, it's going to be a lot of push. So if I keep my, my lineup, the way it is, my, the rider defense, which I have would be the fourth most expensive <laughs> part of my lineup. I've got a cheaper <laughs> running back, a cheaper receiver, and a cheaper flex than the Ryder defense. But the, uh, I believe I'm the same. When they had yeah. 25 points last week. I know. When I had them, it was fantastic. Uh, oh, nicely done. Uh, against the Winnipeg team who, within the past, before the past few weeks, they don't really turn the ball over. They've had a solid offensive line. And if the Riders were able to do that against Winnipeg, what are they going to do at home against Ottawa? They might put up another 25. Uh, well, yeah, the defense might. Yeah. The offense? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to bite my tongue so it doesn't cost me more beers. But I... I but the defense might do that again. So I, yeah, that that was kind of a no brainer actually. When I went in, it was like, okay, I'm yeah. I need to pick Saskatchewan, and then I'll I'll build the rest of my team around that. Yeah. Uh, the so as far as the riders go, Zach Caleros did clear concussion protocol. He has been. He actually cleared it during the game, and he wanted to get back in there, but they said, uh, we'll, we'll stick with uh, Bridge for the rest of this game. Um, yeah, that's totally because of the injury, right? Yeah, it wasn't because he wasn't doing anything yeah. in the game. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what? Bridge, yeah. uh, he did his job, and and that's about all the riders can rely on him for, and that's not a knock on him. That's just no. where he is in his career right now, and the rider defense is about to get better. Derek Moncrief is back at linebacker this week as well. So Wow. Uh, all of a sudden, the, that Ryder defense, the linebackers, the secondary, they have depth there. So it's going to be real interesting to see who gets bumped off the roster for Derek Moncrief. But <laughs> Well, now here's a question because I heard that Ed Ganey was out in a possibility of an injury as well. They haven't said for sure whether he was back at practice. I forgot to look at that today, but I know that he went out with an injury at some point. He did leave the game. As far as I saw, he is going to be good to go, though. Okay. Um, okay. If that he, would make a difference, that's all I. That's why I put it in there. Yeah. So, and he's been playing better lately. He had uh, had himself some uh, uh, interceptions the last couple games, but Ariel uh, Zur does a great job of covering the Riders. Uh, Ed Ganey was out there on Tuesday okay. at practice, so Rider fans don't need to worry about uh, that at all uh i think about 90 percent of people are probably going to pick the riders to win this game uh, yeah and i'd I was, be shocked if it was anything else yeah, yeah i was on actually the uh wood cookie saw cast and uh, nice. rod asked me what can the red blacks do to win and i said well the riders could overlook them uh yeah. 
emotions are at an all-time high during Labor Day and during the Banjo Bowl. They could come into this one and coast. And the Ottawa offense, they do have what it takes to put up yards. Mazzoli threw for 300 yards on mm-hmm. uh, the Ryder defense. Mike Riley did okay against the, the Ryder defense. That is Mike Riley, and those probably are your two MOP candidates for the season. But... Man, Ottawa's got the receivers too. Spencer, Ellingson, R.J. Harris, Brad Sinopoli. They've got a solid running back in William Powell. It's hard to get the running game going against the Riders. I know Winnipeg did it with Andrew Harris, but what do they need to do to beat Saskatchewan? Well, it would have to be almost the perfect storm. I think where, like you said, you've got Saskatchewan coming in thinking, well, we can dominate the world and they take this one a little bit too easily. Yeah. It's, you know, that's just taking on the, the personality of their coach. Ah, damn. Okay. That, <laughs> that, that's one beer. That's one Woo-hoo! beer. I thought I'd get through. Damn it. As I was saying it, I'm like, that Trap was a question. Bad. Oh, well, that was, but they could take that on and that could definitely be part of it. The second part is, is if Ottawa goes back and, and is able to replicate how Andrew Harris did perform on Labor Day weekend, uh, and they're able to do that with William Powell, there is definitely a chance that they could spread that defense a little bit more. And that, and that is really what they need. They need a balanced offensive attack. And so if they find a way to produce the same way that Winnipeg did a, a couple games ago, this could be closer than what we think because the Saskatchewan offense, like we've said a number of times has been, is a little bit questionable right now, but I do think that that's the only way that, that Ottawa has to win. This is to find some way to make a balanced attack work. They can't just go throwing um, and they can't just, uh, you know, just hope that Powell's going to get every yard. They've got to find a good balance and find the way to break through, which is very, very difficult against the Saskatchewan defense. Do you have any uh, players other than the defense in your lineup this week? Uh, that's a big negative. I do not this week, but if I if I was going to be looking around uh, just to see if I could find uh, a you know a, a guy to put in, uh, I might look at somebody like R.J. Harris, where again he sometimes gets overlooked yeah. um, and not super expensive. Um, and sometimes what happens, Elizondo, I've noticed where you have those weeks where everybody's like, oh well, this is going to be Ellingson's week, and oh this is going to mm-hmm. be you know, Sinopoli's week. And sometimes he does look to that third or fourth guy to go, well, I I just need to get that guy the ball a lot because he's on the one guy that I think I can play off of in this, uh, in this defense. So uh, I, I think that RJ Harris might be somebody I would look at. And then of course, the Saskatchewan defense, uh, uh, almost a no brainer this week to try and get that in your lineup. I do have uh, Jordan Williams Lambert in my lineup right now. He's under $4,400. He's got one, two, three, four, five straight weeks with at least double-digit fantasy points. Um, the only problem is that the Ryder offense doesn't score touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, that's that's and that's why I backed away from a whole lunch, a bunch of Ryder players at this point. So he only has the one touchdown, uh, and that's against BC a few weeks ago. Well, he had one earlier in the year against Ottawa, so True. maybe he yeah, can that- do it again. And that was his big game, wasn't it? The one against Ottawa where he kind of caught everything? He actually only had the one catch for 32 yards against oh. Ottawa. <laughs> okay, what was, yeah, there was another game he had, and it was just lights Calgary. out. Calgary. Okay, that's uh, what it was. Yeah. 10 for 152. So That was the one, yes. But no yes. touchdowns. 
So well, still, that's not a bad fantasy point night. Still. It is not. It is not. Yeah. So it's like twenty five points or something, isn't it? It's like, exactly twenty five point two points. Well done. Thanks. That's <laughs> like I, I know I'm supposed to say math is hard, but I uh, I find ways to do it. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So maybe he does do it again. That's all I got in my lineup, and I don't know what to tell you regarding Figpen and Mason. You throw <laughs> anybody in there and cross your fingers, but it looks like Figpen's getting the uh, more special teams touches now. So okay. uh, maybe maybe that's the the way they're going with the running backs in Saskatchewan. Overall, how's your lineup looking? if you have it done i do have it done well this is a work in progress but i'll tell you what i've got so far okay. so i've got uh, antonio pipkin starting at quarterback my running backs are don jackson and Ryder stone i've got bj cunningham from montreal to match up with pipkin uh, luke tasker because he's done me no wrong the last two weeks uh, bagleton for the same reasons that we already discussed when we talked about the calgary hamilton game and of course the saskatchewan rough rider defense which it almost burns my fingers to say add that to my team but i still did <laughs> My lineup, I feel the same way about having Bo Levi Mitchell in there, man. (laughs) (laughs) And I appreciate that. (laughs) I have Bo, Don Jackson, Ryder Stone, Reggie Bagleton, Jordan Williams, Lambert, Chris Rainey, and the Ryder Ryder defense. And I can't afford any bad weeks, man. It's a close (laughs) race in our fantasy league. Well, see, I still have nineteen hundred dollars left over, so I still got to. I'm going to play with this Whoa. a little bit because I got to get. I got to catch you. I got to find a way to get back up to that. I was in first for a week. I got to get back up there. Yeah, it's uh, it's only what nine points, eight point four points separating us. It's pretty crazy. I know it's nuts. It's been yeah. This is obviously a lot of good players in one, and it's it makes it fun, right? Because yeah. you see the lead change all the time, and it makes me laugh. And and uh, yeah, it's 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 a fun game so i've i've had a lot of fun with this awesome andrew thanks uh thanks so much for joining the show this week thank you for having me man it was uh, it's awesome i love chatting football with you where can uh, everybody find more of you uh you can find us uh, on twitter at esk empire pod and of course you can find myself at free Palicious. uh you can find basically all the links to the show on our website which is eskempire.ca and uh i always like to mention my uh, my co-host uh commissioner k at duchess lombardi and superfan mike at 56 parkies awesome andrew thanks buddy and we'll see you at uh, the eskimos bombers game on the 29th all right Absolutely, pizzas off the barbecue, buddy. We're yes. gonna have a good. We're gonna have a good time. I, I love when you guys come to the tailgate. It's a blast. Nice. Thanks again uh, to Andrew, and I can't wait to have that pizza. Of course, we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. There is a there's a podcast in there for absolutely everybody. The diversity in topics and hosts is actually really really awesome what we have going on in the alberta podcast network so alberta podcast network.com business and marketing shows in there as well a branded world creative block don't call me a guru some amazing amazing podcasts amazing suggestions for you in the alberta podcast network give us a rating a review a subscription on itunes brazilian tie will be back And Monday morning, we'll have another episode of Two and Out. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.